Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Spartans. It is, what is it, Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, On today's show, we are going to talk about the Michigan State basketball team uh, played an exhibition against Albion, the powerful Britons. Britons? 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 I don't. They played Albion. It was a scrimmage. They won like 85 to 50 something or other. I'll pull it up the box score and have the actual score. They won uh, by a lot and it was an exhibition game. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit about that, but I don't think there's a ton of things you can really learn from an exhibition game. Um, But there are some things worth sort of uh, addressing and thinking about as we move forward into the actual season. So on today's show here, we are going to talk about three-point shooting with this team because I think just sort of seeing some people suggesting it could be an area of weakness. Um, I'll give my thoughts on that. I don't think it's a a major area of concern, although I understand why people are concerned about that. We'll talk about the rotation a little bit, some interesting lineup combinations, potentials. We'll talk about turnovers because we always have to talk about turnovers. Um, and then I'll talk about some other stuff as well that I've got working or I've got up at Spartans Wire. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. They go up at 5 a.m. if you want them for your morning run or commute or workout or or whatever, subscribe to the podcast. It'll be on your phone every single day when you get up. Okay. Last thing here, uh, spartanswire.usatoday.com. Just a reminder, we've got season preview posts up every single day. Uh, I had one go up yesterday that was X Factor, the team X Factor. Uh, Today's post is Offensive Player of the Year. And it's basically just a chance for all of us to write a little bit about Cassius Winston. I'm not sure when that'll be up. Um, It's not my post, and so I don't want to speak for somebody else and say when they'll have it up. Hopefully it's up by now. If not, it'll be up at some point uh, today. So check that out. I've also got a film room up for you masochists who like punishing yourself. Um, No, check it out. Uh, uh, It's the the lead thing on the, the website right now will be for the day. I think, um, but yeah, I, a film room went up, I analyzed, whatever, 10, 12 plays from the first half, actually the first four drives, it's all I needed, um, and yeah, Michigan State's offense has really regressed in a big way, and <clears throat> there are just a lot of really obvious and glaring issues, um, it doesn't offer much hope, but I think it <laughs> it's, it's worth looking at just to sort of see some of the specifics of what is going wrong and why these issues keep compounding on top of each other. So, all right, that's enough homework. Let's talk about the basketball team. I just realized I've been saying homework instead of housekeeping. I meant to say housekeeping. This entire time I've been doing this podcast, I've been talking about housekeeping and and saying homework. That Why didn't any of you correct me? Um, All right, so Michigan State takes on Albion. They... When going away, as you would expect, against the Division Three opponent, 85-50, to 50, uh, Xavier Tillman led the way in scoring with 19, Cassius put in 16-9, and nine. Uh, Kithier had 11 rebounds, um, 
you know, it was nice to see uh, Rocket Watts and Foster Lurie get four assists each. Kithier got a handful of assists as well. So, um, you know, nothing too crazy standing out here. Michigan State didn't shoot it particularly well. Um, 34% from deep, 40, I think it's 8% overall from the field. 60% from the line is something that piques my interest a little bit um, because Tillman went one of three. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be a good free throw shooter. Um, he's certainly shown the ability to, but I mean, they only took 15 and, and he missed a couple and you got, uh, Steven Izzo <laughs> missing a free throw, marble missing a free throw. So some people who aren't really going to be playing, missing some free throws and that'll sink your average. Like Cassius didn't shoot a single free throw. So I'm not overly worried about that. I think that'll sort of sort itself out, but I did see some discussion about this team's ability to shoot the three and losing Kenny Goins losing Josh Langford and losing Matt McQuaid um, from a team that was a, a good shooting team. Uh, Michigan State was 31st in the country in three-point percentage, shot 37.8% last year. Um, you know, there's definitely some validity to that, um, but I think it could be a little bit, I don't know, overstated. I don't think it's the biggest worry, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, first off, they lost Langford for a good chunk of last season, right? They were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country before Langford went out. Uh, Langford was shooting 40% on good volume when he got hurt. And it did, shooting did take a dip there. Um, but as Henry started to shoot better, uh, McQuaid was even shooting better. Um, yeah, Cassius fell off a little bit. Tillman shot better, um, towards the end of the year and, it edged up a little bit and they ended up being a, a pretty darn good three-point shooting team. But even with that, they got 31%, 31.6% of their points from three-pointers. That's 180th in the country. So really middle of the pack there. They weren't overly reliant on the three. Um, they were pretty well balanced. And I think this team is, is built well to get a lot of easy twos through the pick and roll game lobs, I think are going to be a thing. Their transition buckets are still going to be dynamite this year. Uh, and I think they've got a lot of guys that are going to be able to get to the free throw line and uh, they're going to, they shot free throws 75% last year. I don't see any reason that shouldn't be right around the same spot this year. I think Tillman will shoot it better. Cassius could honestly stand to shoot a little bit better from the free throw line. He was at 84. He can be an 88 to 90 guy. Um, you know, losing McQuaid at 81 is tough, but Henry's going to come up from 69%. So, um, I see Michigan state shooting a lot of the easy twos getting to the free throw line and, you know, using the three this year. So it's not like if they don't shoot it well from three, that it's going to kind of tank their offense. They have a variety of ways to score. And as for the guys they lose, like, yes, um, you know, losing McQuaid is, is absolutely tough in that McQuaid shot 42%. Uh, on 173 attempts last year and had moments where he got going and was just um, kind of lights out from deep and really made a difference and, and was really good at transition shooting and uh, helped their offense in a, in a lot of ways. He was 106 in the country in three-point percentage last year. So good three-point percentage from him. Losing that is tough, but you know, Kenny Goins shot almost as many threes as Matt McQuaid, but shot at 34%. And that's a fine percentage. That's not, you know, 
<laughs> it's not great, I think. I'll put it this way. It's not awesome that Goins and McQuaid took about the same amount of shots and McQuaid was hitting it at an 8% higher clip. Um, you know, that is uh, a pretty high volume and three-point attempts and, and just an okay three-point shooting percentage. So I, I don't think losing Kenny is going to be crushing for the three-point uh, shooting. I think Tillman can absolutely hit from 34 or hit 34%. From three this year, I think he can shoot even better than that. He was two of four uh, from deep, I believe. Yeah, two of four from deep against Albion. And I think he can do similar things to Kenny while drastically increasing his volume and shooting it at a little bit better percentage. So I'm not, you know, Kenny hit some big moment shots for sure. But in terms of season-long volume and season-long percentage, wasn't a very good shooter. Um, And then, you know, like I said, you... It'd be great to have Langford on this team shooting 40% on high volume from three, but they didn't have him last year, and they were able to adjust. And with that, you know, Cassius is going to shoot better this year. I think he, sh- he ended up at just under 40% from three last year, which is low for him. Um, I think his legs at the end of the season kind of were given out on him. His three-point shooting really trailed off at the end of the year, and I don't think it – I mean, I it has to be. Like, he was getting tired. His legs were getting heavier. Um Everyone's talked about that. <laughs> He's talked about it. Coaches talked about it. He's worked to address it. And the team is much better set up to take weight off of his shoulders. Um, he won't have to handle as many minutes this year, I don't think. I don't think he'll have to handle as many possessions. His usage rate is going to be lower. And he should be able to maintain some fresh legs throughout the entirety of the season. So I think his shooting's going to come up. Aaron Henry's... Um, is going to add a lot more volume. Henry shot 38.5% on really low volume, but uh, you saw him really find himself in the deep shot at the end of last season when he was finally became comfortable, confident, the player that like everyone's screaming like, dude, you can shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> and he sort of figured that out. Uh, Gabe Brown is going to get more volume this year, and I think Gabe Brown's a guy who shot 37% last year. There's no reason Gabe Brown can't shoot 40% um, on increased volume. And, you know, Foster Lawyer's volume is going to come up. He's a guy who's an absolutely can be a lights out shooter once he's kind of like settles in. And I think his role is going to increase a lot this year. And I think he's going to have um, more of a reign to take some threes. Um, uh, oh, yeah, he, he took four against Albion and hit two as well. That's what I thought. Um, Arns, I think, can shoot better as well. Like I, I think within this team and Bingham, just Bingham playing more minutes, um, he's going to be someone who can shoot 36, uh, 38% from three. We'll see how many minutes he's able to grind out. And it looks like Kithier can shoot threes too, because Kithier hit one, uh, in the game. I think up and down this entire lineup and Malik Hall can shoot it as well. Um, everyone can shoot threes and I'm just not worried given like the personnel they have that they're, I'm not worried about their three point shooting. I think there's enough guys that on a given night, a handful of them are going to be shooting it well. And that doesn't even include uh, Rocket Watts, uh, who's went 0 for 5 from 3 and reportedly hasn't been shooting it well in practice, um, is adjusting from the high school three-point line to the college one. And that takes time for some guys, but he's someone who can absolutely shoot the ball. And if it takes a little bit of time for him to adjust, then it takes a little bit of time for him to adjust. But he's someone who I think will... A, not be afraid to shoot, will have a green light to shoot, and will be able to knock in some threes. And so maybe 
um, Watts has a bigger impact than the other guy because he's new. Other guys because he's new and he's going to be adding a lot of volume there. Um, but I'm not overly worried. I think Michigan State can actually be a better three point shooting team. And if I had to bet aside, like are they going to be better or worse? I would think they're going to be a better three point shooting team than they were last season. All right. We'll uh, pause right here. When we get back, we'll talk about turnovers. Yay! It's not a Michigan State basketball game if you are not worried about turnovers. So we're going to do that here in just a minute. But first, a word from Roman. And I will not compare the Michigan State offense to erectile dysfunction on today's show. Um, although I was, I've, I've heard very good response from that. So I appreciate that. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off. I don't know why I said we. Um, I, I Usually guys just brush it off or blame themselves, saying things like they lost their mojo or avoid it altogether, you know, make up excuses. Ah, oh, I'm just tired. I don't want to do it. But with Roman, erectile dysfunction is easy to talk about. And with uh, you, you talk with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. An actual doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If they think medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked. Complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today. Connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked. One more time, GetRoman.com slash locked. Okay, so the other thing from the box score that kind of stands out to me, and I know it stands out to some of you, is uh, 17 turnovers. Yeah, 17 turnovers. Uh, against Albion. That is um, less than ideal, certainly. So just going through here a little bit, um, there's one, two, three, four, like five or so of these turnovers, you could say, um, are, are going to be attributed to players who aren't going to be playing major minutes and who are playing uh, more minutes than they're used to. Um, you know, Malik Hall's not going to play 14 minutes. Um, you know, we'll see about Bingham. Uh, I don't think Marble is going to be someone playing 10 minutes a game. Um, you know, Gabe Brown, well, we'll see about Gabe Brown. He could earn into the twenties. So I'm not super worried about the number 17. Um, and it's an exhibition game. First game of the season. Um, I think it's okay to be a little bit sloppy. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I think if Michigan state, didn't have this kind of notorious turnover thing happening <laughs> seemingly all the time, then no one would care at all uh, about turnovers in a, uh, in a whatever um, exhibition game. Forgot the word exhibition. <laughs> no one would care about an exhibition game turnover. So as bad as it felt for turnovers last season, Michigan State finished actually middle of the pack in the entire country on turnover percentage on offense. Um, so it, you know, it felt horrible, but it, it, you know, wasn't that bad. It was just mediocre the year before they were bad. Uh, the year before that they were bad the year before that they were mediocre. You're kind of getting the pattern here. 2015 was the last time you kind of 
get a decent team that took care of the ball. 2014 mediocre, 2013 bad, 2012 mediocre, 2011 mediocre. So it's a lot of really mediocre teams uh, in terms of turnover percentage on offense, and yet uh, Michigan State routinely finds themselves in position to have really good offenses that um, are efficient and score the ball a ton and lead to a lot of winning. So it would be great if they could protect the ball and combine the efficiency, the shooting, and the things they do well with lower turnover numbers. But some of it is just going to happen. Uh, Michigan State led the country in assists to field goal made. Um, Cassius Winston was third, I think, in assist percentage. Uh, There's a lot of passing in this offense and we saw it open up in some different ways last year um you know there were articles written how uh michigan state tried to incorporate some golden state warriors type stuff into their offense make it a little bit more free-flowing make it a little bit more improv um and when that happens you're going to get an increase in turnovers Um, But you're also going to get a big increase in easy buckets. And that's sort of the trade-off Michigan State will make at times as they're going to make difficult passes. They're going to try to push the ball really hard on the run. They're going to try to do different things, make the extra pass that will occasionally lead to a really frustrating turnover, but will result in uh, more efficiency, more easy twos, more open shots. And that so that's just kind of like a baseline thing. They're never going to be a team like Virginia that doesn't take care or doesn't turn over the ball at all. Like that's just not how they play. They're playing almost like fast and loose, kind of not as fast as some other teams um, because once they get into the half court, they do settle in. But in terms of transition game, they push as hard as anybody in the country, and so stuff like that is just going to happen. As for, you know, the Albion turnovers, uh, like I said, you know, first exhibition game, it's going to happen. Guys playing bigger roles. Um, the turnovers are going to be an issue. And honestly, Matt Sheehan pointed this out in a tweet to me. He's worried that they didn't have 20 turnovers because it's not a Michigan State basketball season until they turn the ball over 20 times. Like, let's just throw that out there. So it might be coming Tuesday against Kentucky. We'll see. Um, but it's it's far too early in this specific season for me to be worried about turnovers. And I think they will be better um, even than last year. Like last year, they ended up with the fifth highest or fifth most efficient offense. And the reason they weren't first was a little bit of turnover percentage and a little bit of they didn't get to the free throw line enough. Um, you know, if they would have been just a little better in either of those spots, they're one of the top two or three offenses in the country, but still fifth isn't bad. <laughs> and this year they're projected to be first. Um, I think they can be better than they were last year in turnover percentage for a couple of reasons. Um, one, your backup point guard and your starting point guard, I guess, uh, are more seasoned last year. Foster Lawyer really uh, struggled to stay on the floor, was overwhelmed. I think he does better this year. And I think he can take care of the ball a little bit, and he's going to be off the ball too because Rocket Watts can play point guard as well. And maybe um, Rocket has some of the little turnover issues early as he's trying to find his way. Um, but I'm, I don't have a major issue with guys turning the ball over playmaking. Uh, it, I, I get frustrated when there's careless turnovers, uh, when there's turnovers from bad screens, which 
it's something we'll have to pay attention to when there's turnovers for reckless driving and you know taking it or causing a charge taking a charge no not taking a charge getting a charge <laughs> um stuff like that lazy passing uh lazy entry passes um that sort of stuff gets me frustrated but the playmaking stuff doesn't bother me much and Aaron Henry I think is going to be as the season moves along finding his way a little bit uh he got hung up in the lane too often last year and found himself in no man's land and, and turned the ball over that way you know that's going to happen a little bit but I think he should be able to cut that down um and there's just you know there's more guys that can handle the ball this year on the perimeter than it feels like last year um it was really Cassius, and then once Langford went down, McQuaid was handling the ball, and that was kind of it. This year, you can have Cassius, you can have Watts. Henry can handle it a little bit more. Um, Foster Lawyer certainly is going to handle it a little bit more than he did last year. So I think they do have better ball handling on the perimeter. I think they still have really good passing, and they're just going to be an aggressive playmaking team. And so turnovers are going to be there, certainly, um, but that assist rate is going to be sky high. The shooting percentage is going to be high because guys are getting better looks. Uh, you just sort of take it with what happens. Tom Izzo teams are never good at protecting the ball because they are forcing the issue. They're pressing. They're trying to get easy shots, and it works. Um, you know, when you have the guys that can do it, it absolutely works. Like it's Michigan State was fifth in offensive efficiency last year, 13th the year before that. Uh, 2016, they were second. 2015, they were 14th, 2014, 13. Like, these are just consistent top 15, top 5, top 10 offenses uh, under Tom Izzo, especially of late. Um, so I, I I get it. They're frustrating. They're annoying. They're stupid. <laughs> but I'm not uh, overly concerned about it. And I'm more than happy to make that trade off 10 times out of 10. Okay, I want to talk about rotations as well. Um, I'm really intrigued by a couple of potential things, and I talked a little bit about it with Sheehan on yesterday's show, but I'll get more in-depth with it. And I think we're starting to see kind of what the the early rotations are going to look like for uh, MSU. So we'll do that here in just a minute. Okay, so I am super-duper interested and watching Michigan State figure out its rotations and its lineups. And I think there's a strong potential. They could have like a really awesome small ball death lineup, which is um, just like a one through five switchable, almost one through five switchable um, athletic ball handling group that can all pass, that can all shoot, that can all play a variety of positions and guard all over the place. Um and that's really exciting. And I think there's going to be some a, a lot of lineups like that. Um, some are going to be better than others. You know, if lawyers taking minutes there, you're not going to be able to switch him much. You can't switch Cassius a ton. Um, but there are ways to hide him when he's the only kind of not plus defender. Uh, Kithier, you worry a little bit about the feet, but he seems to be coming along uh, a little bit as well. Malik Hall is certainly interesting. Um athletic, tall, wiry, springy. Um, but any sort of lineup like that has Aaron Henry at the two, like if it's Rocket Watts, Cassius Winston at the one and the two, um, or not Rocket Watts, excuse me, Cassius Winston at the one, I forgot my death lineup, uh, Cassius Winston at the one, Aaron Henry at the two, Gabe Brown at the three, Tillman at the five, and then 
uh, like a Bingham or Malik Hall. We'll see about Bingham, but like a Malik Hall type at the four, someone in there. Um, like that is a crazy, scary defensive lineup, and that's a crazy good shooting lineup. And then you've sort of got Cassius kind of leading the way there. Um, and then if you do have Cassius and Rocket Watts on the floor at the same time, you can put shooting all over around them, and they're both good passers. Cassius can play off the ball with Rocket Watts on there. Um, you can have lineups where Cassius is sitting and Rocket Watts is the point guard, and he's bigger than Cassius. He's more athletic. He can defend right now. He can defend at this level. So you got a guy like Rocket Watts at point. You got an Aaron Henry type at the two. Gabe Brown at the three, uh, Kyle Arns potentially at the three, and then you know choose your other big next to Tillman, and you've got an insanely switchable, crazy good defensive lineup that has a lot of athleticism on the offensive end, has a lot of shooting and some playmaking on that end as well. Like Michigan State can run out some really nasty lineups, uh, and it's going to be really cool to watch them sort of figure it out. As it stands right now, um, I think there's a pretty clear grouping of guys that are right now 100% locked into rotation minutes. Uh, Cassius, Tillman, obviously, Henry, obviously, um, Rocket Watts, Thomas Kithier, and then Gabe Brown uh, as well. So that's sort of six there. And I think uh, Malik Hall and Marcus Bingham will both get decent run off the bench. So there's seven, eight, and then lawyers nine. And when Arns is back, uh, he's in that top group coming off the bench, playing solid minutes. He might even start sometimes, depending on the opponent. Um, but that's sort of the group there. I think against Kentucky, uh, maybe we don't see a ton of Malik Hall. Maybe we don't see a ton of Marcus Bingham. Although I think gosh, someone's going to have to come off the bench there as a big. Um, so that'll be certainly interesting to see. And we'll see if Gabe Brown can come off the bench as a, like, if we'll say Arns is healthy, Arns is going to come off the bench and play wing. Maybe Brown comes off the bench after him and plays some of the four um, because Kithier's starting there right now. I think he's going to be the guy that looks like he's going to be the guy there from the early going. He's just, I don't know, more seasoned polish. And if he can start shooting threes, that really makes things interesting. And he's just a super energy guy uh, and does a lot of little grimy things can rebound, can block shots, likes to run um, and, you know, set screens, someone you want on the floor. And I think he kind of uh, compliments Xavier Tillman well. And so he, he's going to see a lot of minutes there in the front court. And then, yeah, if Gabe Brown can play for uh, alongside Tillman, we'll see like they're going to give Bingham run against Kentucky. He's got to get out there and see what's going on. And uh, there's flashes, certainly flashes. You see the upside, you see the ability, you see the talent. He's got to be able to hang and, and put it together um, against Division One opponents, not Division Three opponents. And Malik Hall, I think, is going to get some burn there. We'll see about Julius Marble. Um, so Michigan State, I would guess, relies upon that top six or seven a lot against Kentucky and sort of works in guys. And if Bingham comes in and sort of shows out and, and looks really good in some minutes against Kentucky – you know, maybe they extend him to 10 minutes against the Wildcats. I'm not betting on that. Same with Malik Hall when he gets his opportunity. You know, you're just kind of looking for some competence, <laughs> like prove you can play at this level. Otherwise, I think you're going with those those top six guys. If Henry is, is healthy, or Henry, if Arns is healthy, make it seven. 
and then you sort of work in the other guys from there. I'm interested to see too what Foster Lawyer looks like um, playing off the balls is really intriguing with him. Like he's going to have to defend the opposing team's point guard, or if the opposing team has a wing who's just an ineffective offensive player, you can kind of stick him on there. Uh, so the, the reverse Andre Roberson kind of treatment. Um, but him off the ball is interesting because as a secondary playmaker, he's intriguing. Uh, he can shoot the lights out. He can distribute it a little bit. He's crafty as hell. He's sort of got an old school YMCA type game where he is not use it. He like he's just using smarts and math, <laughs> like geometry and savviness and creativity and really good shooting to get buckets. Um, and so I, I'm super interested to see how much he plays against Kentucky, how much he gets out there, and what he looks like. And if he plays off the ball, if he's able to get some shooting going, um, that's that might be my my most the thing I'm looking forward to most. It's just watching Michigan State kind of mix and match their way um, through this because even with with Langford going out, like there are so many options. Um, Hauser's not going to be there. Joey Hauser, I'm, <laughs> I don't think there's a chance in hell that Joey Hauser's on this team this year. And so, yeah, that, that puts some urgency in the front court, but I think there's a lot of really potentially good options there, and I'm in, just super excited to watch it play out uh, and see how they stack up against Kentucky because they're going to be a big athletic freak show like they always are. And they're going to be rusty on offense, but they're going to make some plays and they're going to really defend hard and be tough to score on. Um, and so it's going to be a really nice early test, especially for Michigan State's bigs. And that's going to be fun to see. And I'm just excited to see how they uh, they sort of square off. All right. That's going to be it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to try to get a guest. I'm going to see if Stephen Brooks wants to come on the show. Stephen, if you're listening to this right now and I haven't texted you yet, text me. Um, we'll talk more basketball, do some broader season preview stuff. We did some specifics about this Albion game today, but like some broader stuff, some expectations. Um, and if we can get Steven on, get his expectations as well, that would be good. Uh, no football this week. So we're probably, unless anything happens, we're probably done talking about football for the week. Maybe we'll do something later in the week. I'm not really sure, but probably basketball for the remainder of the week here, hopefully with Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com on tomorrow's show. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you have ED, go to roman.com slash locked. All right. Back tomorrow with another episode. We'll talk to you then.